Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. All of this week's notes and links can be found on our website at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 94. Now, if you've tuned into the show, chances are you're an Amazon seller who's considering or maybe looking for a way out. Turns out you are not alone. There are thousands of sellers who are making the switch to their own websites every day and with good reason. It's the future of e-commerce. And in today's show, our guest Lauren Gonzalez is going to show you how to make the transition and how to set up your own website and brand. So don't go anywhere. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us on the e-commerce podcast. It's great that you are here. Now, whether you are just starting out or maybe you're like me and have been around a fair few years, doesn't matter, you're in the right place. This show is all about e-commerce. It's all about how to grow your e-commerce and digital business. And to do that every week, we mix great show sponsors with great show guests who have got all kinds of insights and helpful nuggets, tidbits, and all that kind of good stuff Uh, that can help us adapt and grow online. And this week, we are talking with Lauren, who has been crafting visual brands for over a decade. She started out her career working as a creative director in-house at a Hollywood publisher, no less. Oh, yes. And now she's gone to on to co-find her own company, Principium. Uh, she did that six years ago with her husband and business, a business partner. She is passionate about inspiring e-commerce and Amazon businesses to create a connection between themselves and who they were made to serve, which in turn increases their business growth. But she doesn't just stop there because why would you? Lauren also believes in uncovering each person's business purpose so that they can be motivated to bring about a world of meaning and sustainability. Sounds fantastic. Want to know more? I definitely do. Here's my conversation with Lauren. So Lauren, thank you for joining me here on the e-commerce podcast. Great to have you. How are we doing? Oh, it's so great to be here, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing well. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes. Now, we um, we had uh, a fascinating pre-call. And, and the reason, um, if you're listening to the show and, this is, and you're new to the show, you may or may not know this, we do something here called a pre-call, which is where we talk to the guests for like 20, 30 minutes, 
figure out what we're going to talk about on the show and then we record the podcast separately. It's just something that we've always done here and something we will continue to do. Uh, and on our pre-call, um, the thing which uh, I remember that stood out to me uh, was the whole, I mean, the whole title of this podcast, How to Leave Amazon and Set Up Your Own Website and Brand. It's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> we even said this to you, I think. I have, in all the years that we've been doing this, uh, no one has ever come on the podcast talk about leaving Amazon. We've had plenty of guests talking about how to do Amazon and how, you know, how e-commerce businesses can make the most of Amazon. You're a little bit different, Lauren. You're, you're telling people to, to get off uh, Amazon in some respects. So, um, and I, I really enjoyed that conversation. So I'm looking forward to this. So let's start at the top. Um, why would you tell uh, somebody to get, or why would somebody want to leave Amazon? Yeah, so what I like to think about or explain to people regarding this whole subject of the uh, love-hate relationship that a lot of brands start can have with Amazon is you don't necessarily need to give up your presence there, but you probably, if you're an Amazon seller, the last few years have been a bit challenging. There's been a lot of logistics uh, restrictions and more and more and more people coming onto the platform. The com competition has really risen. And um, it just becomes the profit margins start to decrease and it becomes a bit more challenging, especially for those brands that, um, you know, they have maybe a lot of products and they, they're trying to see, okay, what's the next level I can get to. So I have found that a way to really, really just take your brand to the next level, see what other possibilities there are in the e-commerce world is to start shifting that focus onto other, other platforms like Shopify. That's your own site, mm -hmm. getting yourself, and maybe a lot of sellers already do on Amazon have a Shopify site, but they're not utilizing it to the maximum amount that they can or really know mm -hmm. what to do or say or, or even what presence to have on social media and how do they use this whole great big thing called the internet. Their focus <laughs> has been so much just Amazon and, and there's a whole world out there aside from that. Yeah, no, that's really, I, I mean, that's that is such sensible advice um, and something that I, I know I've had many conversations with many people over the years about this whole idea that actually if you're solely reliant on Amazon, you could be in for a world of hurt, right? And uh, there's plenty of stories out there in the world about how maybe things didn't work out exactly as the brand predicted they would when they're on Amazon and Amazon's just going to do what Amazon wants to do and they, I, I'm... They're very successful at it. Their whole goal is to make their business work and not necessarily make your business work. So you can't be surprised when things like that happen, right? Exactly. And I mean, then you get into the higher costs of storage and the limited amount of, of actual uh, inventory that Amazon is, is letting uh, different brands have in their storage facility. So then you have to go and find other storage. And the I, I you know, talking about the manufacturers, um, the Chinese manufacturers that then start to sell in the different marketplaces and they don't have the same costs that a, a brand, a third-party seller would have. And so mm -hmm. then cutting the price in half, making the, the price wars and all that goes with that is just not fun and relying solely on one platform for your livelihood um, can be scary sometimes because, you know, just like you said, they don't necessarily care about you. They care about making more money and, and making the customer have the best experience. So they're all about the customer, not necessarily about the sellers. So mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's what I've seen. 
Now, you mentioned this um, thing. I've heard this a couple of times come up, and I think it's probably worth just asking a little bit about it, and that is this whole idea of inventory or inventory, depending on whereabouts <laughs> in the world you are. Um, okay. And the logistics, the logistics problems that... Um, Amazon are having just explain what is going on there and, and why costs are going up and why people are having to find other storage. Well, there's been a lot of situations with, I mean, the shipments. It's really kind of goes back to the shipping costs and the different tariffs and things that have I've seen at least from the logistics standpoints of getting things from the manufacturers. A lot of things are manufactured in China and getting them over to the U.S. There's been delays, there's been um, stops on that and different hoops that people need to go through. And then you actually get to the storage because there's more and more sellers coming. Amazon can't hold everything. And so they start mm. putting restrictions and restrictions and restrictions. And let's say you're selling a lot and you're about to sell out, then you have to have the delay of, okay, so now you have it stored at some logistics company. You now have to get that those uh, inventory somehow to Amazon and hope that all the moving pieces of the contacting your logistics company, having them find the, your inventory, having the shipper, the Amazon truck or whatever the, the shipment company is, it's going to get it between the logistics company to the Amazon warehouse is going to get it there in time all before your product doesn't run out on Amazon. And then you mm. have to start all the way over in terms of ranking and hope that a bunch of other competitors didn't come in there in the mean, in the meanwhile and, and root you out. So that's that's kind of a little overview of what I've seen happen for clients. <laughs> yeah, it's quite fascinating, isn't it? That almost the way I've heard it, um, and I don't think COVID has helped, but Amazon in some respects has become a victim of its own success. Um, and also with the reduced staff that people were, you know, that everywhere, including Amazon experienced during COVID, exactly. they've not been able to, to deal with people's stock or inventory or inventory very, very well. And this has caused massive problems and headaches uh, for people. And um, it doesn't, it feels like it doesn't, it's not going to get resolved anytime soon, if I'm honest with you. So now you've got the restrictions and maybe the increased cost of storage um, for stock to think about with Amazon. So yeah. that's, um, that's one of the, the reasons, um, you know, people might be sort of looking elsewhere at the moment. I think, I think, like you say, though, beyond that, for me, the fact that I'm relying on a single platform, which is totally outside of my control for my business, that would, if I'm honest, that would terrify me. Right. Uh, you know, I, I might be making good money today, but I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow uh, and what decisions they're going to make. And, and, and having been in businesses where a single decision made by a supplier of some kind can radically change and alter your life. Yes. It's good to look outside, right? So, um so you, you work with uh, Amazon sellers and uh, people that are on Amazon sort of build brands outside of Amazon. Um, and I can understand if Amazon is all you've known, the, the rest of the Internet, the other 50 percent is a big, daunting, crazy uh, world, which is just as competitive, which has just as many problems. But um, uh, but also a load more opportunities. So how would you what, what are some of the things? Um, that people need to think about if they are solely reliant on Amazon and, they, and you're like, okay, you guys, this is the first thing that we need to think about. What would that be? Yeah. So the first thing is really getting into who, what are your goals as a company? Really going back to the basics, the, the foundation of why did you start? What is that reason that ignites you 
and and really drives you to have this business what what makes it what is your purpose so as an example of this because i know that that can sound a little bit um uh in the in the air of like not tangible if you let's say we had a client that was a, a supplement company so they were selling on amazon and they had good ranking they had good reviews but they looking to really find a market outside so they started to look at and we had helped them to see like why did they start this company to begin with and it went back to the fact that they themselves had this problem with uh, their gut wasn't working and they were feeling tired all the time and they really really wanted people to know that they don't have to live this life of feeling tired all the time and relying on caffeine and and um, maybe some other drugs or things to actually get by during the day but there's actually a more natural way of life that they can find and so that that's like that that passion that ignited them and that took them to a point where they were able to see oh, okay so these are our goals we want to reach as many people in this specific um, age group and this specific type of person that we can actually help and it became something bigger than just making money but really about this purpose that drove them to get um, their message out there so mm -hmm. that that's number one um, is really auditing the brand seeing it, are you just, do you just have products with um, cheaper prices or is there actually something behind this brand that can really resonate with somebody? That's a, you see, here's the thing. Now we're, we're instantly starting to talk about branding, um, which I think is fascinating. And the reason why I think it's fascinating uh, is I'm going to piggyback um, uh, your uh, advice slightly here, Lauren, if I'm honest with you. Uh, whenever I whenever I work on my own sites, whenever I work on setting up a new business or if I'm coaching anybody, the first place I always start is the brand, the branded position of the, of the company and understanding Great. what that is. And so uh, obviously it's right if we both agree. That's just the way it works, right? So, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I'm, I'm curious that uh, you're, you, you are starting here with this, why did you get into business in the first place? And you contrasted two, two business owners. You contrasted the one that had a good reason as to why they got in, like the supplement company, versus the person that got in um, just because they had a product and it was cheaper price. And they, they didn't really have that big sort of why or brand position. So a little slight side detour here. Why do you think, yeah. um, why do you start here? Why is brand so important? Why is understanding the why so important? Well, there's a few points to this is, First, and this is something that is hard sometimes and people forget, is that the people who are buying products are real people. And I feel that the advent of social media and the and just the internet sometimes can really dehumanize people. And we think mm -hmm. just with algorithms and uh, ad clicks and PPC and keywords, and we forget that actually you're there to help that person get a, a better life or solve something or help them in some way. And so going back to the human connection, um, I feel that there's just often a disconnect between the brand and the customer in really understanding them and really having the right perception that they want to be known for. And, and I mean, I think anybody in life, like any, any business owner wants to look back on what they've created and know that they actually were able to help somebody and, mm -hmm. and yes, make a lot of money at the same time, but it all comes back to, well, how did I actually give somebody or a lot of somebody's some real help in their own lives? Mm. 
That's a very good point. And uh, I like that phrase, the dehumanization of, uh, of people with social media. And I have to agree. I think it has. I think, um, yeah. I think it's quite fascinating how we've reduced people down just to a series of, well, of numbers to out, like you say, algorithms. And, uh, and that fascinates me because I think it, I, again, bringing this back to Amazon, one of the ways that I think you can, cause I get asked all the time and Lauren, I don't know if you guys this question and we'll riff on it. If you have, um, mm -hmm. how do I compete with somebody who is on Amazon? Right? So if I was a supplement company, I'm like, well, this guy over here is killing it on, on Amazon and Amazon is sending out 50% of, you know, all worldwide sales. How do I compete with that? I'm a much smaller uh, company over here. Mm -hmm. And for me, the answer is always lied in brand, as in yeah. um, the one thing Amazon doesn't do is it doesn't have your brand. It doesn't have your personality. And you can really make that shine on your website. You can bring that out. It becomes like a, a strength. It becomes your advantage, I think, to sort of take on uh, Amazon. I don't know if you found that. Yeah, that's beautifully said. It, and it's Amazon what you're really relying on when you're selling there is the trust that Amazon has built with customers. That They have amazing, amazing trust. They have created a brand that is incredible. Um, I actually used to, when I was 12 years old, I used to buy um, books from Amazon way back when they, you know, Jeff Bezos first started in the 90s and they were solely focused on books. And they're right from that beginning point, they had such incredible customer service and, and customer support that um, I was able to, I, I loved actually, I would always reply to their customer service emails. I would, I just, it was very funny that I ended up getting into really working with Amazon sellers in, in my actual mm -hmm. business because the, but back from that point, I had always this, this excitement, this, um, this feeling when I would get a box from Amazon and it was always nicely packaged. And, and mm -hmm. I feel that, they have had such uh, grown this brand because they really, really invested in the branding. And now all the sellers are able to actually benefit from what Amazon has created. I mean, as much as there's the love-hate relationship without Amazon, there, there's no third-party sellers. So that's something that I think that Amazon itself um, has really given. And so you can't, if you want, yes, you have the brand, um, you know, the A plus content, having brand registry, they allow you to have videos and, and they allow you the, these little pieces of showing your brand, but yes, absolutely. Your brand can shine so big and you can expand so much. The possibilities are endless and we can get into those um, in a bit about what you can do off of Amazon, even to drive traffic back to Amazon and kind of work mm -hmm. both ways. So yeah, that's what I'd say on that. Yeah. No, it's very good. Listen, uh, we will get into those in just a few minutes. Let's just uh, take a brief second, though. Uh, we are going to pause here and just hear from this week's uh, show sponsors. Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible, unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten-free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colors or flavors, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone, whether you want to boost your immune system 
or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Big shout out to our show sponsors. Make sure you do check those guys out um, as, as they enable us to do what we do and have fab conversations with people like Lauren. And let's jump straight back into it, Lauren. Um, we're talking uh, about all things Amazon and building your brand um, off the Amazon ecosystem and, and why that's perhaps a good thing and why you should think about doing it. Um, so if we're if we sort of start with trying to understand our why, like, you know, why did we get into business? What's that all about? Um, what what else do we need to think about as a as a business coming off? What are some of the strategies, some of the, the things to, to get our heads around? So you need to really understand your target audience, your customer. Who is the customer? Because people say, oh, well, it's everybody. Everybody. I want everybody to buy my products. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if you're trying to talk to everybody, you're going to end up talking to no one because mm -hmm. there are so many different types of people on this planet. So, and, and a lot of them fall into different categories that have similarities, similar problems, similar situations in life. And you have to know what are your ideal customers' frustrations? What are their challenges? What are they running into? What, it, what motivates them to actually do something about it? And when you can understand that, you can then build your own brand personality to be human, to be like a friend to them, to figure out, should you be motivational? Should you be mm. helpful? Should you be um, exciting or ent entertaining? You have to find what is the brand personality that's going to resonate with your ideal customer. And it's you have to define it down to the type of person and, and not just um, that it's everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I remember um, I remember thinking about this. We had a we had a particular brand. Um, uh, we had a website called Jersey Jersey Beauty Company, hmm. and uh, it was a business that we sold um, recently. And it was it was it was one of our big e commerce businesses. Turned over, I think we if I add it all together, I think it was like maybe seventy. 50, 70, how was it? 75 million US dollars worldwide, I think. It was a lot of money that was shipped out. And I remember this whole thing with Jersey Beauty Company. And I was like, oh man, alive, this is, you know, the first website. Uh, the, and it completely took off. The f but the first website I designed, right? Oh. And I am, I, am, I am the complete opposite of our target audience. Right. I just, <laughs> I just am. Uh, our, our target audience, um, you know, female for one. Uh, and so uh, over the years, our website platform grew and things changed. 
But the one thing that stayed consistent and stayed constant was that I designed and had a big input in the design of all of our websites. And then a few years ago, um, I, I, it wasn't until I got my head around, I'm sitting there thinking, right, who's our target audience? And I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm researching it and I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, 98% <laughs> of our customers are female. Why is there a man doing the website design? Just please answer me that question. <laughs> and yes, Matthew, you may know a lot about websites. You may know a lot about e-commerce, but fundamentally, uh, let's think about our target audience here. And I contacted a friend who lives in Dallas uh, and he employs um, most of his design department, actually a female, or at least they were at the time. I don't think that's still the case. And um, he redesigned, uh, well, his agency redesigned our website using his female designers. And let me tell you, the design they came up with was nothing like I would have come up with. But you know what? The designers who designed it were my target audience. <laughs> and you know what? The, just that simple fact radically changed our um, conversion rate online. I mean, radically wow. changed it. Amazing, wow. really. And so I, I, that's when I understood the purpose of, and power of understanding your target audience and then bringing that into everything you do, like you said, with your tone of voice for me with website design and all that sort of stuff. Uh, have you seen any examples yourself of where this has been super powerful? Yeah, I love that example of the women. Um, I have seen this with many different niches. Um, I'll give you an example of a specific one, which is baby brand. And um, this is something that uh, the, the actual um, owners were uh, not, they actually started, uh, we started them on the right foot um, because they came to us early on. And um, they were able to really, they actually were not parents themselves. That, that was kind of the funny disconnect. And uh, me as a parent, I really understand what parents need. I actually then was able to do, we were able to do a lot of research more into, okay, they, what, what did they want their actual messaging to be? What was their values? What was the purpose for their brand? And I had to really get them to see it wasn't just about them, these, these you know, young 20-year-olds uh, who didn't actually have a family. It was really about the parents. Why would the parents even care about their products? Was it because they were cute or was it because it was actually, they felt resonated with the message of their brand? So once, once we actually got them to really, it was hard because you know, it's, it's their baby, this brand that was really their own baby and, and getting them to just disconnect themselves and really see their brand as its own entity, its own personality. And that was going to drive the sales of their own products because their, their products then could be actually softer. Their, their, they had some harsh colors and some really just harsh, um, tones. It was more like, um, talking to a, uh, some sort of a, a 20 year old instead of actually talking to a parent. And at the beginning stages of a, of a mom's journey, everything that is about softness and, and really caring and love. And you just are in this bubble of happiness about how cute everything is and soft and, and you want something that's going to be caring and really reflective of how you feel. You're not going to buy from something that's harsh and, 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 and bold. So 
it was a very interesting thing to see that shift. Um, we did their, their whole brand and they were able to actually have incredible conversions. I mean, on and off of Amazon, they, they are still, were still ranking very high, um, even a year or so later for these type of products because it, we gave them that softness and, and the actual mm -hmm. brand personality and the colors and the, the fonts, everything was tailored for that specific target audience. It wasn't for um, some people who didn't have kids. It had to be for the new parents that were in that beginning stages and feeling the emotions and connecting with those emotions. So mm. similar to that, uh, I think brand owners tend to think, oh, what do I like? But that's not the right question. You have to say, what is your target audience like? That I, Lauren, I think is the key. It's not what I like. It's what, what connects with my target audience. And I, I like that. I like, I like how, um, how you put that there. So, uh, and if you're taking notes, just double underline that last statement and then just think about that where your business is concerned. Yeah. So we've, um, we've looked at, uh, our target audience. What, what, what's the next stage? What do we need to do next? Well, now it's really creating the fixing the gap between where your brand is and where your audience is and figuring out that roadmap. So that's then when you create your brand story, your messaging, what kind of tone of voice, like we were saying, what is the color scheme going to be? What's the mood of your brand? What is the fonts going to look like? Definitely the logo. What's the style, your packaging. It all needs to be aligned. And we like to do something that is really after filling out all the information and creating the story is to do the connection between your messaging and your actual values, your goals, everything to actually put it into the physical universe with products and the logo is to do something called a mood board where you get to really get the style of the photos, the colors, what, what visual aspects actually represent the brand and, and have all those different um, messages in them in a visual way, because we know a photo is worth a thousand words. And if you choose the right style and you really stick with that in everything you do in your brand, you're going to actually then be able to clearly convey to your design team, to um, whoever you, your photographers, to your packaging designers, you're going to be able to make it so that everything is cohesive. Every piece of content, everything on your website is all aligned to this one message, this one story, and people are going to start to remember you. They're going to want to come back to you and it, it makes it so that you're not just some disconnected, um, you, you know, the, I, I know that there is a, a trend where there's, they get this um, umbrella company and then they just have branch out into tons of different niches and maybe be making great money that way, but you're not going to be able to grow a brand in the way I'm talking about and really have that loyal customer base if you don't make sure this branding is on point to that, to those different things. Yeah, no, that's great. I, and you've used a couple of words you've thrown in there, which, which I want to circle back to if that's okay. all right and, and just dig into a little bit more there. One is... Um, uh, I've written it down here in my notebook, uh, values. And the reason why I want to circle back to this is I remember the design process with um, when we redid the Jersey site. Um, I remember them, the very first question, amongst the very first questions they were asking me is, what are, you, what are your values as a company? Um, why is that important? Because I, for a lot of people, I think it sounds like a bit, like you said earlier, a bit intangible, a bit nebulous. But why is that? Why is that important? Why do I need to think about that? 
Yes, this is a great question, and um, it's a it can be challenging sometimes for people to understand without an example. So I'm going to actually explain it with an example. And um, there's a company that is called Paper Culture. Have you ever heard of them? They're no. they're a okay. They sell they sell basically uh, greeting cards. You can buy them, customize them, um, mainly for wedding invitations and Christmas mm -hmm. cards, holiday cards, and such. But they um, have actually, there was a time when I uh, was really using another company. I was using a company that was um, cheaper than them that, um, and I, I just, that was what I would use every year for my holiday cards. I would design it and then upload and they would print it. Mm -hmm. So one day I got advertised paper culture and they, they um, said this thing about every order plants a tree. And I went and actually looked at them and I looked at their site and their site was not just about 20% off, buy me now, buy this now. It actually told the values of what they believed in. And they believed that everything that they put out in the world actually should not detract from the, the planet. It should actually help them. And this, like, it really hit me as, as a very interesting concept that they used 100% recycled paper. They, um, every single time that I ordered something, it always planted a tree. And they actually showed where they were planting trees and how they were doing it and how they had staffed people to do that. So these values that actually were, they were not for everybody. Not everybody cared about these things necessarily, but they didn't care. They wanted to actually attract a very specific type of person who cared about those values and would want to buy from them and pay extra money because it was every order was planting a tree and it was uh, aligning with that recycled paper. And they did great quality too. So that's an example of how powerful values can be to actually allow a customer to want to pay more, to re be retain, retain them. I mean, I never use anybody else now for years and, and, and then actually um, leave another competitor that's a direct competitor and, and actually has cheaper prices. So yeah, there, that's a real life example of values. No, and that's brilliant. And I, I, and this is where, again, coming back to the whole Amazon thing, this is where you can really win against them because you're promoting your values. And um, it, it's interesting you talk about that because at the, I, I see now count, countless websites telling me if I order, I'm going to plant a tree and I'm, I'm a bit bored in some respects. It sounds sure. wrong with that message. But um, I think what I like about what you said there is actually the company is demonstrating their values. And so... Uh, we're doing a piece of work at the moment uh, on, a, on a website. And one of the, the, the values of the company is sustainability. They've got it written on their website. But it it just sounds so dull and dreary and boring. And I think the way you were talking about, uh, was it paper culture? The way you were talking yeah. about that site, that brand, you were excited about it. You are a repeat customer. You are now an evangelist for this company. Because the way that they 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 sort of connect their values with you as obviously much more um, missionary, if you like. Do you know what I mean? It, it seems like there was a lot more passion and, and energy in the way that they approached it and demonstrated it to you. So how do we, how do we take something on a piece of paper, which we're passionate about, the topic of sustainability, for example, and stop it being just another word, just another thing lost in the ether, and get it to a place where this is so exciting for whoever's visiting our website and they connect with it and they resonate with it and they join with us on our quest. Yeah, great question. So I'm going to use a totally different example, which is 
let's say you are a, a brand that sells kids toys and your values and what gets you super excited is about actually having kids go and explore the world and go outside and be outside rather than inside on devices. And, and you really are passionate about that. And those are your values as a brand. So you could actually on your site, instead of just having this pop-up that says, get 15% off if you sign up for our, our email address, which it does get people on your email address, but instead go the extra mile of, um, if you, I, we created this, this actual, uh, some sort of a guide, some sort of a downloadable, a free downloadable that they can do that actually shows people and kids, gives them maybe some actual examples of scavenger hunts that they can do outside or activities that they can do outside, like 10 great activities that you can do with your kid in your backyard. And, and your, the toys that you sell are maybe like a hunting, like little um, magnifying glasses for kids, uh, looking for bugs, bug sets, and, and um, do, finding all these cool kits that get them outside. Then you can actually have articles, blog articles on your site that actually give step-by-step -step of the cool thing about ants. Or have you ever talked to your kid, how to talk to your kid about making um, an anthill? Or how do you create a volcano outside out of mud and, and give lots of cool just content because people are going to trust you a lot more that you mm. actually care about this subject and you are showing it, you're selling products that align to it. And it just kind of that that's something that maybe specific parents and grandparents would really care about. Others won't. There's always going to be a specific target audience that mm. would. And you don't care about the ones that don't because your values are there for those that actually do care about the subject of getting your kids outside in the backyard more rather than the inside. So, and that's, that's powerful because actually the ones that do resonate with your value, my experiences, and, um, I, 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 unless you disagree with me here, Lauren, yeah. um, these are the people that are going to come back to you time and time again. These are going to become your ambassadors, your evangelists, your, your, your missionaries for want of a better expression. These are the guys that actually are going to be your, your best customers, your ideal customer profile and all this sort of stuff. So you can use your values in a way to identify who those are going to be with your content uh, and market to them differently, send them different email sequences and onboard them in a very different way. Yep. I think that's really powerful. So that's values and I'm getting values. Uh, and, I, and again, I'm, I'm sort of, as you're talking, I'm tying that back into the why of the company. Why am I doing this? It has to be more than just, I want to be the dominant player in this market. It's like, yes. that's just really dull and uninspiring for any potential customers, right? They're yep. not going to come to your website and go, oh, I'll buy from you because you want to be the biggest and the best. No, awesome. Let me help you do that. Uh, they, they have to be captured by something which is much more, uh, much more, interesting which is much more magnetic right the other words uh that you said uh, although albeit two words uh lauren in your in your in your uh, explanations there was this idea of creating a mood board mm -hmm. now this uh i a little uh, electrons in my head were just lighting up uh, when I heard this phrase because it's been a while since I've heard the idea of a mood board. Not any guest has mentioned this on the show because it's very analog. Uh, mm. This idea of a mood board. Um, what do you mean, and how do I go about creating one in a way that's going to help me? Sure. Okay. So, the, what I always do for this is I look back at what created with the brand story. What are the values? What are some key words? that actually represent your brand personality. So 
let's say you're taking the example of a baby brand that's for new moms, maybe sell baby blankets. So the keywords could be soft, caring, loving, motherly, um, uh, you know, like, like a baby, new, um, I'm trying to think of other words, but let's just take those ones specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then what, what I think is a really good just exercise is just put them in Google, put them in Pinterest, and then search images related to that. Find, find um, I wouldn't go like stock images, like, you know, very generic stock. Maybe look on Unsplash. That's a website that does free uh, image downloads. Yeah. And they're very organic type of images. And, and, that, and I think that when you actually draw on images that are real life, but are really nice photography, you just download a bunch of these. So it could be you find a lot of mother um, images some baby images that are in this kind of tone that you want to be the caring, the, the um, soft, the uh, motherly, the, the newness. And then you put all these images into an actual file. I use InDesign because I'm a designer, but you can use something that's like Canva. I mean, you, I don't, I'm not familiar with Canva, but you can just put together images, even a Pinterest board, saving everything to a Pinterest board mm -hmm. and, and having, and you'll start to see a certain, uh, rhythm or certain uh, commonality in color tones that you chose that help that you feel represent this. And what I like to do is actually choose the color palette for your brand from these images. And sometimes you might need to leave some out because maybe the colors don't align. But I feel that there's nothing like real life, like real images to represent the concepts best to get you into the right style and the mood. And you don't have to stick with you know, those specific images that you're going to use in your brand, it's really for the inspiration and tying together mm -hmm. those keywords to actually visually show how is this going to actually show up in, in the world? How's it going to actually, how's it going to be? What am I going to put on, mm -hmm. on my website? What styles, what can I give my photographer to, to give some inspiration about what I want, how I want my photos to be taken and how I want to show these emotions between a mother and a baby. And, and that, that really helps to open up the door and I think gives tons of inspiration. Instead of just coming up with it all in your head and looking at another brand and saying, I like that, come like use real life organically that way and find those images. And, and it might take a while to search for it, but it's gonna pay off so much in the long run to really help co 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 put your brand into a cohesive um, whole. Yeah. yeah, no, that's very good advice. And again, something that I've done, I actually use Keynote. Uh, oh, I don't Keynote. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just throw all the images in Keynote, whack them on a, on in a Keynote document, and they're great because you can refer back to them. Good. So, uh, and and I actually, I think you're right. I think investing a day or two just to go through images uh, of keywords related to your uh, industry, related to your values, related to your ideal customers, is just a beautiful thing. You'll see the colors. You'll see that there'll be a consistency in colors. What types of fonts make sense? Yeah. Um, I, I add in there questions like, where do they hang out? You know, what, where do they go eat? Where, what, what, um, where do they go shop? Um, yes. you know, and it, and, and you're, and you throw those different things in there and man, you, you very quickly build something that's really unique. So yes. I've built, I've got to that stage where, um, I understand my why, uh, I've done my values. I've done my mood board. I've, I've, uh, done. I understand who my target audience is. I've, I've, I've got my colors. I've got my logo. I've got my brand. We are good to go. Um, I launched the website and then 
nothing, right? So how do I, <laughs> how do I actually get people to my beautiful website if all I've ever done is sell on Amazon? Yes, this is the, the million dollar question. And the cool thing about branding is it makes those marketing efforts from this point on much easier. So now what the, my favorite strategy to do is something that is really what, what um, Seth Godin in The Purple Cow, it's a great book. If anybody has if you ever read it, it's it really amazing great, as yeah. a brand owner to understand this point because you look for the sneezers. And what that means, it's a funny concept, is the people, there's always going to be people in a specific niche that are interested in trying new things. They're interested to actually buy new products and be the first in a specific, uh, for a specific brand and try it out. And you got to find those people and then those ones are going to sneeze it out to others. So it's this concept of, of the, the spreading, just like, I mean, we're obviously mid or at the end of this pandemic and we know the, the power of sneezing <laughs> for, you know, getting, <laughs> getting germs out there and viruses. Mm -hmm. It's literally, you want to be spreading this concept, your, your products in that same way. So where you find these people? Well, that's where the research, what you will have done in the brand stage of your target audience is who do they listen to? Who are those industry leaders in that specific niche? So everyone will have different ones and everyone will have specific platforms that they, they listen to. Some niches will prefer podcasts. Some will prefer blogs. They will only read blogs. Some will prefer YouTube videos. You have to find what is the specific platforms they watch, they listen to, they follow, and then go contact those industry leaders. Some people call them influencers. You can call them anything you want. But what they are is they have, they can't just be somebody who, who um, wants to be that or calls himself that. They actually have to have in their following those exact ideal customers you want to buy your products. So you can get in contact with them. You can then go and be on their blog post, do a whole guest blog for them, do a guest post, do an, a podcast interview, do a YouTube and actually talk about what your product is and not just about the benefits and how amazing you are. Talk about what it does for them because people in the end of the day care about how it helps them, not about you or how amazing you are. So that's, that's a real, um, it's, it's a powerful strategy that I feel uh, is kind of only half done a lot of time and half-assed and not really taken to the extreme or they try a little bit and maybe it doesn't, it, that one specific influencer didn't have the exact ideal people and then they give up. But if you take it and you keep going and you're proud of your brand and you stand on your values and your story and you talk about it, people are going to start noticing you. They're going to start buying your products. They're going to tell other people. You're going to get invited other places and you're going to start spreading great in a crazy fast way in a, that, that you won't be able to do with paid ads because yes, you should also get in front of people with paid ads. I'm not saying that those are not a great way, but using content and then creating your own content and starting to build up your own following and your own email list by, like I said, giving a downloadable, something that's free, that would actually resonate with them. That's a, it's a pain point that solves it. Give them weekly content through email. I mean, I, this is, this is the age of content marketing, the new age of marketing and PR. It's not just about how much ads you can do or how cheap you are. People want to be connecting on that human level and know your story and your values. So 
there. I went on a long, a long rant there, That's but really... yeah. No, no, no. You, you rant away. You enjoy that soapbox. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> because when you were talking about that, about reaching out to the people uh, with the audiences, um, it immediately came to my head uh, how I think it was you, Lauren. And correct me if I'm wrong. How did you get on this podcast? Let's just let's just examine it. Did you reached out to us, right? Did you use an agency or did you contact us directly? I I contacted you directly, actually. Yeah, I I, yeah. I looked up podcasts in the e-commerce space, and you came yeah, up. Yeah, and I and so and and this I find so when you're talking about contacting the influence, I'm going. Well, here's a lady that's actually that's actually taken her own medicine uh, <laughs> for want of a better expression. Because I would venture to say that most of the guests we have on the show have some kind of agent that reach out to us and contact us. I remember when we first started doing the podcast, we had to beg people to come on to the show because we were an unknown show. Uh, and now we must get, I don't know, 10, 20 emails a day from people saying, this will be a great guest for your show. Check this person out. And I feel for Sadaf in the background trying to figure out who we should have on the show. <laughs> the thing that I remember about you was you didn't do that. Um, and neither did you send me a... A dear sir, please put me on your podcast kind of thing. You, It was obvious to me that you'd taken a little bit of time here to think about who we were and what was going on. Um, and so you are obviously, uh, if I can, if I can put it this way, taking your own medicine, like I said, and, and how's it, how's that working for you? Yeah, you know, it's, it is really important, I feel, and it's, it has worked great. I mean, I've been on many other e-commerce podcasts as well um, because, and, and summits, because I understand um, this industry. And when you take, I mean, as an example, when you take your specific niche as a seller, as a business owner of e-commerce products, and you understand that industry and you actually don't just, like you said, write these cookie cutter messages, put me on my, your podcast, put me on your podcast. You actually understand each person and you listen to them, you read their blogs, you understand their business and you see how you can benefit their specific audience and actually help them. Because just like a, sell, a buyer doesn't want to just hear how great you are and doesn't want, they're not there to just help make you an amazing seller and rich. You have to also do that for those, those industry leaders. You have to make them better and, and show how what your content, what you can bring to the table is going to help them look better, is going to help their audience mm -hmm. do better. So it's definitely, I, I really enjoyed talking on podcasts and educating and helping in this e-commerce space. And it's definitely helped to, I mean, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing it to actually help others, but it does help get people's attention on, okay, so what does this person do? And go to their website. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is what they do. They're talking and, and living and breathing it. So, you know, let's check them out or, or whatever. And that can happen to any mm. product you have. So yeah, it's, it's a good win-win situation, I think is what I would call it. Yeah, no, it was very good. Very, very powerful example, I think. And um, so Okay, so I'm I'm going out there. I've got my website. I'm hustling. I'm I'm trying to contact the influencers, the the industry leaders, and and help them. I'm looking at content marketing. I'm providing value. Um, but th there's something in the back of my head here, Lauren, saying that that all takes time. Um, so for example, you coming on this show, that's not been an instant thing, right? Mm -hmm. And we're recording this now, and the go live date is different. So right. you're talking about a medium term strategy here, aren't you? You're talking about something that is about six to 12 months. Would that be a fair assumption? I think it could be faster than that even. I mean, you could, six to 12 months is probably safe on the safe side to not 
expect some overnight success, especially products you have to build up a lot because you need to get a lot of attention on your brand. But it doesn't have to take six to 12 months. And the cool thing is if you are selling on Amazon and you're doing well on Amazon and you start doing these strategies on the side, I think that it can you can just start now, like start today doing it. Don't wait. And, and it'll start to benefit your Amazon listings because you also will get recognition for your brand. And when people search your brand, then they're going to find your Amazon products too. But it also will be predicting the future. And I think this is something that Amazon has spoiled us with itself, going back to actually kind of funny, going back to the source is this instant gratification. We get yeah. sometimes same day delivery. But that's not how businesses work. That's not how new platforms work. You have to build up um, the search engine optimization. I mean, you could be being found for, let's say you write an article every week or an article every few days about whatever the keyword your ideal audience is searching for on YouTube or Google that actually they're looking for, for help with, like the supplement brand. Uh, how do I stop feeling tired? If you then came up as a, in a blog content and you're explaining why people feel tired, what happens and what is the solution, and then it's your product, that's, that takes time to build up with that search engine optimization, but it can be so powerful and, and give you tons of value coming in the, like you said, six months, a year, two years, three years. That's where you start really starting to build up that brand and the brand presence. Yeah. So you're talking here, aren't you, a, a, a sort of a, a transition where you're saying, right, I'm doing this over here on Amazon and it's doing OK, but I want to build my uh, off Amazon brand for want of a better expression. And that process needs time, it needs investment, and it's going to take time to build that sort of traction. From your experience, then, um, is there is there a magic number, for example, um, let's say I'm turning over a million a year on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, is there a is there an expectation that over the next year or two I should be expecting twenty percent, fifty percent of that sort of turnover on my actual website? Well, I think that there could be um, one one big part of that and big player in that is loyalty from customers, mm -hmm. and you know that it it costs a lot more to attain new customers than it does returning. So I feel it could go, it just starts to snowball. If you keep putting out new products, you keep nurturing these customers. It, the numbers are infinite what they could be. I mean, um, Amazon unfortunately doesn't let you keep those email addresses. You have to go through all sorts of hoops and they change the rules all the time. Yes, you can put your email, you can get people on, to your site. No, you can't. Yes, you can, you know, all, all over the place. And, and I think right now it's very strict. So the, the, the point is that, yes, it could be, you could be seeing um, a 50% improvement, but then it could just go to 100%, 200%. You could just start mm -hmm. really building that up because you're going to be getting these new loyal customers. And you could use the power of ads. If, I feel that branding makes your ads much more effective because you're going to be using correct mm -hmm. messages rather than just shouting, and you're going to know exactly who to target. But I'm always a big fan of of natural, like people finding you organically more. Those are gonna, those are gonna be obviously a lot cheaper to acquire. Um, so, did that answer the question? I guess I didn't give an exact number, but yeah, yeah. I, I I think it does in some respects. And I think uh, for me, I guess I'm I'm a I'm a very crude uh, sort of person in my in my thinking, in that if fifty percent of e-commerce sales go to the Amazon website. 
then 50% of the e-commerce sales don't. Right. And so you, you in my head, I'm kind of thinking, well, if I turn over a million on Amazon and I've got competition on Amazon, could I take this, you know, the same concept and actually have a goal then which says, right, I'm now going to turn over a million on the web as well. I'm going to double my business because they're kind of 50-50 where sales are. I think it's sort of, I don't think it's a hard and fast rule, Lauren. I'm not going to lie, but I'm like, that's just my simple crude logic at work, which goes, yeah. well, I, I've done it here. I could do it there. And it, you know, it, it it's not necessarily that straightforward. It is a bit more complicated than that. But I think it gives you a good indication of, is there a market out there for me? And what sort of revenue could I expect in, say, the next two to three years to justify the expense of building this brand? You know, you've got to put a business case forward for it. Yeah, and that's very true. Um, and I've, I've definitely seen people be able to double their profits and actually build more and, and get more brand recognition. That's a big point is you get way more brand recognition faster mm -hmm. that way than because when people see you on Amazon, they think of the Amazon brand more so. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that after you've built this huge brand, that doesn't then mean that you can't go and actually uh, find on, on Amazon what are how can you adjust your listings how can you adjust your a plus content how can you adjust your actual product listing to align more with this story and so i think that they help each other i think that amazon can help to feed your e-commerce business the outside because people may want to start buying from you specifically maybe you offer something specific in their packaging or or they can get a loyalty program with you or something like that and then you can also be driving sales to amazon so i think it just the bigger you grow off of Amazon, the the more money you can make in both respects, and and that and that's why I don't like to say to exit Amazon entirely if you don't want to because it's it's something you're relying on. It's just the branching off. And one other thing is that if you're ever looking to sell, like you said, you were you sold your your company, your e-commerce company, you they are going the aggregators, the investors, whoever you end up selling it to, they are going to want to know you have a brand presence, and that's gonna majorly escalate your value as a brand because they don't have to then put in all the work you've already built the loyalty you've already built the brand yourself so that's another benefit very good point yeah 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 very and, and, and actually a very helpful one um all right listen i feel like we're just as always just sort of scratching the the tip of the iceberg here and um and uh but time is against us in some respects so how do people um well before we get into that i guess what is one thing, maybe your, your closing piece of advice, or one thing that you wanted to say that maybe hasn't been said that's, that's going to help people? Sure. So I guess it's really just uh, the, the persistence factor and the goals and really having your goals clear of what in 10 years from now, what do you want to be known as as a brand? Where do you want to be as a brand? Do you want to still just, just be on Amazon or do you want to have a bigger presence do you want to be able to have a brand household recognition as a name? Like think about that and really know that what you do today and persisting towards that is what's going to get you there. I mean, most people on e that are selling on Amazon, you had to persist through a lot to get to where you already are now, a lot of work. So you just keep that same tenacity, that same persistence, the same drive, and you can get that brand built wherever you want it to be and, and don't think that there's too many already out there because nobody has told your specific story, your specific brand that you want to create. Fantastic. 
Yeah. Very good top tip advice there. Uh, and Lauren, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to uh, connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so we are Principium Studio. So Principium is actually Latin for uh, foundation or origin. So we are the foundation of brands. I didn't know that. That yeah. was going to be my next question. What does Principium <laughs> mean? Yes, it is Latin. Um, my husband is actually, he's from Mexico and he loves Latin uh, words. And we wanted to have some sort of a foreign concept, foreign word to represent our brand. So that is, we are at- a Great Prin word. It is a great word. Yeah. So principiumstudio.com is our website. And um, yeah, you can you can follow us always on Facebook and Instagram at Principium Studio. Fantastic. And we will, of course, put all the links uh, that you have given uh, throughout the conversation today in the show notes, which you can also get. Uh, but Lauren, listen, I really appreciate you coming onto the show and sharing uh, your expertise with us we don't get to talk about brand an awful lot on this show and so whenever i get an expert on to talk about it i get very excited because i think it's such an important topic so thank you for coming on and, and sharing your your uh, wisdom with us it's been a pleasure matt thank you so much for having me well a huge huge thanks to my very special guest lauren gonzalez she was lovely Lovely, lovely, lovely. I really enjoyed the uh, conversation that I had with Lauren. Uh, and actually, I carried on talking to her when we finished the uh, recording and just had a wonderful time. Uh, so do connect with her. Uh, and of course, if you can't remember the links or you, 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 you were not able to take the links down to connect with Lauren, just head on over to our website, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 94, where you can find the links, the notes and the transcript from today's show. You're not going to want to miss it, right? And of course, if that's not enough good stuff, next week, we get to talk to Augie Johnston on how to grow your e-commerce brand using, drumroll please, YouTube videos. Oh yes, we are going to crack the YouTube chestnut uh, next week. So if you've been pondering this or if you've been struggling with YouTube, definitely tune in. And to wet your whistle, here is an excerpt. Here's, all, here's what I'll say. You're creating a YouTube video. You're not creating a documentary. You're not creating a feature film. So the main goal is to get it done and get it up online. Mm -hmm. So the first two to three are gonna be hard. After that, just document and create and recognize that you have a process and you need to follow your process and go through it. Step A, B, C, three, and you'll, you'll get better. You know, and, and video 20 is gonna be better than video one. I am really looking forward to this one. Some great tips coming uh, on YouTube. You're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it from, uh, whether that's the audio version or the video version on YouTube. And in so doing, when it's released, you'll be notified, which is a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. And of course, if you enjoyed this week's conversation with Lauren, then please do give us a rating wherever you get your podcast from really helps us and I'd really appreciate you doing that. Uh, as I said at the start of the show, all of the notes, links and transcripts to today's show are online and you can get them for free. Uh, just visit our website ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 94 and they will be there. Thanks for listening. Make sure, like I say, you come back next week to check the conversation out with Augie. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so that's it from me. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Enjoy your e-commerce business. I'll be back again very, very soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, 
tips and tools for building your business online.